Fewer storms tomorrow, Saturday, and uh, mostly dry, sunny, and just plain all hot Sunday. Dangerous heat indices, too, potentially coming back. 90s in the day and rain-cooled spots tonight drops to 80. Only one or two thunderstorms about here or there across the region tomorrow. Plenty of sunshine. Middle to upper 90s for the afternoon. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Rico's Tires and Wheels offers quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Rico's Tires and Wheels, quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. afternoon nearing the end of the month hard to believe but I, I know I marvel about it all the time but I do in fact marvel about it all the time I'm Marianne Fitzmorris I'd love to talk food with you not so much the passage of time let's talk some food five five six nine six nine six is the number we have at three o'clock Molly Kimball coming up Normally, we have Nicole Dorignac, but she is not available today. So we filled that spot with Molly Kimball, who you have almost certainly heard of as the Fit Nola Dynamo. That's what I'm calling her, a dynamo. My feeling about it is anyone who can get most of the restaurants, the major players in town, to adopt a, an Eat Fit Nola menu in New Orleans is really saying something. So we will talk to Molly Kimball, but not specifically about that. I, I do have a really, really zeroed in question for her. I want to talk to her about nutrition, not so much in general, but as it regards whole grains and ancient grains, which I'm very intrigued by. And uh, I hope that she will have a lot of information to impart to us. And we will talk to her in that usual time slot of 3 o'clock in the next hour. 5569696 is the number. Today is Cayenne Pepper Day. North and South American Cayenne Pepper Day. I think it's also National Potato Day. Uh, but I haven't checked on that. One of the many members of the capsicum genus of peppers, cayennes, are long cone-shaped peppers with a high level of capsaicin, the element in peppers that gives them a hot flavor. Although they can be used fresh, the majority of cayennes go into the making of two essential seasonings of Louisiana cooking. Dried ground cayenne is an indispensable ingredient in Creole Cajun seasoning blends, and most brands of Louisiana hot sauce are made from the pulp of cayennes plus vinegar and salt. Crystal hot sauce, for example, is made with cayenne peppers. Because we use so much of that, 
I would like to throw out to the audience what your favorite brand of Creole seasoning is. In the old days, when Tom was constantly getting products from everyone to try, I'm almost embarrassed to say this and people will not be happy about it, but he felt that all Creole seasoning was so similar to each other that he would do a quick taste and put it into a giant tub of Creole seasoning. And we never ran out of Creole seasoning and we used it all. Now that that isn't happening quite so much anymore, we are running out of Creole seasoning. And I know that you can make it, and it is pretty much the same ingredients. I think it's garlic powder, um, onion powder, um, cumin maybe. I'll have to look that up. But uh, paprika, about five or six different things are comprise, or comprise uh, Creole seasoning. And then, of course, there are variations, but there is an endless, endless amount of Creole seasonings out there. Everyone has one. And I'm curious to see if you have a particular favorite, especially if you have gone through a lot of them. Because I would consider Creole seasonings through the years here as sort of nameless and faceless. And uh, that's a pity because I'm sure there are some that are better than others. So if you have a favorite... What is your favorite and why is it your favorite? I know that Tony Sachery's is a very popular one. I am not a fan of Tony Sachery's seasonings. I use it because I have it. But uh, the only Tony Sachery's product that I'm super excited about is their jambalaya mix. Patty, what's your Creole seasoning go-to? I, I use Tony Sachery's. I've been using it for years. I, I like okay. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are some that are... I remember my mom had a stroke when she was in her 60s, and um, she then was turned on to Mrs. Dash for a seasoning for everything because it was saltless. And I really liked that a lot, and it took me a while to get out of that. But um, it's not a Creole seasoning. It's just a seasoning in general. But there's a lot of great seasonings out there. So if you have one that's a favorite and maybe we don't know about it, we'd like to hear about it. It is daunting to go down the supermarket aisle and see all of the Creole seasonings or Cajun seasonings or whatever you want to call it. Uh, how can you tell one from the other? It'd be fun to have like a taste test or something. But it's also kind of... Also, it would be kind of hard because what would you, what would you put it in? I mean, Tom has used Creole seasoning for just about every kind of meat item we've grilled. It was pretty much a generic process. It would be the meat. It would get washed off. It would then be coated with Creole seasoning and then go on the smoker, and that was. That was it, step one, step two, and then that's how everything got cooked here. And it was always good because Creole seasoning is good, and it does impart a nice flavor to things. But I've kind of gotten away from it in favor of some other sort of lighter seasonings. Uh, I do like Creole seasoning on French fries, though. I know that's maybe blasphemous to some people, although I don't know why. Creole seasoning on fresh uh, fresh cut potato chips and on fresh cut fries, I think really kicked them up to a different level. Five five six nine six nine six. I will read what Tom wrote. It's North and South American Cayenne Pepper Day, one of the many 
well, actually, he writes two of these usually. Um, he gets, he does like a small one and then a bigger one. So I'm going to try to pick up it, the bigger one halfway in. Most brands of Louisiana hot sauce are made from the pulp of cayennes plus vinegar and salt. Crystal hot sauce, for example, is made with cayenne peppers. Like all other capsicum peppers, cayennes are native to the New World, specifically of the tropical areas of South America. Cayenne is named for the capital of French Guiana on the northern coast of South America. Although all this sounds as if cayenne is in its various guises comes from a specific variety of pepper. In fact, it's almost a generic product. The pepper industry doesn't even like the word cayenne, preferring to call it just red pepper. But I don't think red pepper and cayenne is the same thing. I mean, crushed red pepper is dried red bell peppers, to my knowledge anyway. Uh, particularly, the it, it, I like to say the word paprika, and I don't know why, because, <laughs> because we say paprika here. But uh, paprika is is a uh, ground version of intense crushed red pepper. I believe that's correct. Anyway, it comes from hung Hungary and uh, they have bigger kinds of red peppers. They're longer and it may be that that's what gives it a more distinctive flavor, but I mean, crushed red pepper. Crushed red pepper is kind of like my go-to. I use crushed red pepper for everything. 5569696 five, six, six, six is the number. If you want to talk to me, here I am. I'd love to talk food with you, as we always do, as Tom's been doing for a very long time. Tom has a deaf dining rule here, number 192, a restaurant that states a distinction for the bacon it uses more than once on its menu is just dropping food names. We don't really get too much into fancy name bacon, except for one, with their one exception, and that is Newski's bacon. Have you had Newski's bacon? I'm sure you have, Patty, huh? I don't know. I don't think, I've never bought it. I don't know if I've had it. Have you heard um, of it? Yes, I have heard of it. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a branding thing, like P&J's oysters for a while, all the oysters in certain restaurants were branded with P&Js. And I don't know why they didn't keep that campaign going. Sometimes you see it. As a matter of fact, I see it in places I don't expect to see it. But the branding of the P&J oyster seems to have run its course. That is not true of Newski's Bacon. And Newski's Bacon is a superior product, I will say that. Although... If I tried it alongside something else, I don't know that I would be able to identify it as Newski's, but I would probably say it is a superior bacon. But honestly, how superior do you have to go with bacon? Isn't bacon in its most generic form just pretty darn great? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <If it's laughs> 
<laughs> if it's smoky and salty and fatty, I mean, you hit it. You hit all the important points there. But Newski's is a particular brand. It comes out of, I want to say, Wisconsin or someplace like that. It's a Midwestern product. Uh, like the Chicago area, and it is used in places where people want to show off their bacon. I know that Stein's Deli uses it, and I can't think of any place else right now, but I have seen it on menus around town. All right, we'll take a break. 556-9696. Be back. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home Cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. I get misty just holding your hand. We are back. Uh, For those people who are concerned about the uh, schedule here at Chaffetz Morris, um, the dog was just let in. He decided to go out before the show for something new and different, but needed to come back in. So the uh, who let the dogs out will not happen again during the show. It was uh, I had to let the dog in during the break. I knew you'd be riveted by that. So I just wanted to give everyone an update on that. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, here I am. Today's Bill Clinton's birthday, if anyone remembers that. He used to be kind of, um, well, I mean, famous for a lot of things, of course, but his um, eating habits were the subject of um, uh, conjecture and, and chatter, I think. He had a tendency to like fast food, as I recall, and... Uh, there would be, you know, runs to various fast food establishments, and um, I guess you, I guess you need that if you're eating in fancy. Uh, if you have fancy things at the house all the time, as you do as a president, it's nice to get out every now and then and just have a good old burger. You know what? I think we might have missed Burger Day. I think. Uh, I think. It might have been on, or maybe it's the 27th. I have to look at that. But I do want to, I did want to do a big thing for Burger Day because um, I am known as the Burger Queen and always have been along with uh, my daughter, Mary Lee. Tom has always joked about the Marys and their pedestrian eating habits and he's always said that you shouldn't eat too many burgers. But whenever I did the show, it would come up because people do love burgers. And Tom would never really entertain the subject of burgers much. And so it would be like, oh, we can talk about burgers now. So I wanted to throw this out to the audience. If it hasn't happened yet, and I'm checking on it, 
Um, I would like to ask you what your reigning favorite burger is because I have, I don't know, um, for a long, long time, I said that Keith Young's burger at lunch is the best burger out there. And I absolutely stick to that. I think, oh wait, no, it's not, it's, it's May 28th. So I wonder why I thought it was the end of August. Maybe I'm, I'm just, it was mistaken that got the wrong month or something, but the day right. I knew it was coming up, or at least I thought it was coming up. So never mind. but we can always talk about burgers because who doesn't love to talk about burgers? But um, to finish that thought, I said that the Keith Young burger was my favorite burger anywhere. It was, I think, $9.99, and it was about like a pound of burger with a couple of slices of great bacon, not Newski's, just great bacon, where it's stiff enough to stick out the sides, coated with a blanket of cheddar cheese, a lot of dressings, served with a big, big dill pickle slice and ketchup, mustard, and mayo. And it was, in my opinion, just an incredible deal. I still think that's true of the burger. It's not $9.99 anymore because everything has gone up. But it is exactly as it was. It's still a great deal. It's still a great hamburger. But I've eaten a lot more hamburgers since then. And I found some really good ones. And I would like to know if you have found some good burgers where they are. I think the best burger I've had in a while is a place that you can't even get a burger from. It was a pop-up, and it's called Bootlegger Public House. And it popped up at Terrabella over here on the North Shore. They used to have this, I think they'll probably start doing it again. I think they do it in the fall. They have a, um, like a little festival in the entrance of the subdivision. And... Um, and I just got a text saying that National Cheeseburger Day is uh, is September 18th. September 18th. So I guess we could talk about it then too. But I'm talking about it now because I love I love burgers. So um, and to the person who just texted me, if you've made it over to the Lotta Burger, Patty, have you gone to, to have the Lotta Burger? I have not, but I sent my I emissary. <laughs> Bob oh, he did? Went. Yes. Oh, he did? He did, and he said it was delicious. And he said you could watch them, you know, they're, they're, you can tell that they're hand-patted, you know, burgers, uh -huh. and it's got the shredded lettuce and the uh -huh. lotto sauce, which I think is just mustard and mayonnaise yeah. mixed together. Uh -huh. right. But um, he said it was exactly what he thought it would be, and he thought did it was really good. Did he remember it? Did he have a recollection of it from back yeah, in the day? Well, not yeah, from probably, it's been a while since we've been there. I used to work at Tulane right across the street, and we used oh, yeah? to go there kind of a lot for lunch. And um, mm -hmm. he said it was as good as he remembered, and he said he thinks maybe the same people are still working there. <laughs> probably. <laughs> And as I recall, it came with crinkle cut fries. Crinkle didn't cut it? fries, yeah. And yeah. he did get a root beer too, and they are uh -huh. homemade root beers. And he said okay. everything was as promised. I am so intrigued. I have to go over there. And they are open on Saturday, but they close at three thirty. 
So you got to get there Maybe early. Maybe that's it. Maybe I came after 3.30. Mm-hmm. I probably came right naturally right after they closed. Uh, is pa- are you um, are you getting Bob sucked into this whole thing? Oh, is absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so he is willingly uh, participating yes, in these runs? Oh, he good. Is. Good. Is he retired? Yes, he's retired. Okay. He so can do that. Okay. <laughs> So we're so well, I mean it's a fun thing to do. It is. Why not? You know, it's not like it's not like you're asking to do something unpleasant. It's it's a fun thing to do. Did he take did he take any pictures? No, he didn't. But okay, we have to get him to start we'll taking to pictures yeah, too. To I'm going to send you a picture of my peanut butter cups that I oh, yeah. was inspired to do since we're going to be talking to Molly Kimball today. Yeah. I'm going to dig up the peanut butter cup picture so that you can post it on the website because I, I am going to uh, tease her about the fact that she inspired me to do peanut butter cups, but not in the way that she said, yeah. in, in the bad way, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's just a matter of opinion, I guess. To me, I would much rather eat sugar than, than chemicals, but although they do say now that there is uh, a whole genre of artificial sweetener that is not chemicals, although I don't know how that can be i mean they they say it is so we'll see i will ask her about that five five six nine six nine six is the number that the uh, the subject of hamburgers is always welcome on this show so if you have found a burger that you would like to tell people about we would love to hear about it and um i i am determined i might even do it this evening uh to go to a lot of burger and get a lot of burger I remember sitting with my sibs and having a lot of burgers, and uh, I can pretty much taste it just thinking about it right now. The Edible Dictionary word of the day today is brought to you by Dorignax, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time, and the Edible Dictionary word is souvlaki. We never did get to the Croatian word from yesterday. They're both weird words. Uh, I'll bring that one back in a minute. Souvlaki is a Greek word. It is to Greece what hamburgers are to the United States, but with much more variety of form and flavor. Souvlaki is a sandwich on pita bread of grilled or toasted meats, usually served with tzatziki, a thick white sauce made primarily of yogurt and cucumbers. The meat can be almost any kind, but beef and lamb are the most common, along with a kind of mystery meat made by grinding two or more meats together and forming them into a large roast. This is best known in this country and in Greece, too, as gyro. That's also the name for the vertical roaster with a revolving spit from which souvlaki is sliced. But the word also refers to meat cut into chunks, run up on skewers, and grilled to result in what's also known as kebabs. These two wind up on pitas with tzatziki, lettuce, tomatoes, and whatever else sounds good to the buyers who can be seen eating these things all over Greece. One interesting note, they almost never have cheese on them. That is true. I have never seen cheese on anything like that. A lot of feta in a lot of things, but never on a sandwich like that. A souvlaki sounds like a donor, which is a shawarma and all of these names that uh, apply to the same thing, I guess. Have you ever been to, um, oh, what's that? Biblos Market. 
Have you ever been to Bee Bluffs Market, Patty? Yes, I have. It's a yeah. very interesting place. It is. <laughs> I'm not sure what you mean by that, but uh, it, it is an interesting place for sure. I think I think Bibles is really good, and um, I think Bibles on Metairie Road is um, is is a cute little place. And the Biblos Market is certainly an experience as well as a place to eat. But I'm guessing you probably are a Lebanon's Cafe fan. Do you eat that kind of food much? Not much. Uh, I usually yeah. have to find something that I like on the menu. And a salad with chicken is usually on all of their menus. Yeah. It's always safe. It's always safe. <laughs> uh, Biblos has a delicious roast chicken. Acropolis, I want to ask him... Um, to give me a chicken recipe. His chicken is really, really good. But um, I find that I have to really be in the mood to eat that kind of food. And and I, I don't know why, because hummus is, I won't say mild, but it's pretty mild. I mean, the way it's done at uh, Zia, which I know this sounds ridiculous to say it's not a Mediterranean place, but I think Zia oh, has one I'm of the cold. best hummuses out there. I hear you're interested in a generator? Uh, I'm interested in getting... I don't know what that is. Is, <laughs> is that someone for this show, Patty, or another show that just bled in? No, it is someone for this show. I put her on hold too quick. It's a first-time caller, but she's going to hold till after the oh, news, so you don't have to good. rush. Okay, so I will not rush because I would love to talk to a first-time caller, but we, we are just going to finish this thought. Um, I think that Zia has probably the, well, not the best, but maybe I think it's the best uh, hummus out there because they roast the garlic first, and it's kind of a mellow flavor. I think it's a really, maybe that's why I like it, because it's, it's muted a little bit. It is good. It is good. I think, I think there's a, that uh, their hummus is really, really good. Anyway, we will be back after the bottom of the hour news from Louisiana Radio Network. It is 2.30. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. The State Bond Commission voted to pause funding on $28 million in line of First credit for caller. renovations to the Superdome due to the Saints' vaccination policy. This morning, the Saints backtracked on not allowing refunds for unvaccinated season ticket holders, but if fans cancel, they lose their season ticket position. Attorney General Jeff Landry says he won't support releasing these funds until that policy is changed. And of course, that would require something like those season ticket holders may forfeit their tickets for this year, but still stay in the season ticket position that they were in. The commission also voted in favor of withholding financing for New Orleans construction projects, clearly in retaliation for the citywide vaccine-proof mandate. Governor Edwards' executive council, Matthew Block, voted against this. Some of those are bills that are owed to contractors, which means that contractors will be delayed another month in payment, and I'm sure they're finding out that for the first time at this moment. LouisianaRadioNetwork.com Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. 
To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash lifeline if you have access to the internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. WGSO 990 AM has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations. So, in commemoration of our 75th anniversary, the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent locally owned and operated, and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. Thank you, Tom. Let's go to D. Hello, Dee. Hello. Hi. This is, thank you for calling. It's your first time calling? Yes, it is. Welcome. So we're looking for, yeah, we're looking for recommendations for outside dining. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. It's a bummer to have to eat outside this time of year, and yeah, I'm the world's biggest alfresco nut. I mean, I have found it, I am waning on my passion for alfresco dining. We just ate lunch outside, and I was thinking, okay, it's mildly palatable out here, but uh-huh. um, it sure does feel good when I go to the bathroom and come back I'm out. Sorry. Right. Can you hold on just a second, please? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. sure. Okay. So anyway, this is not a good time. Um, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did. I called when I did. I've got a person checking my house to get a generator and I've got somebody else at the door. Can I call you back? Of course you can call me back. Call back after 3.30. Okay. I surely. Yes, I will. Thank you. And I will, uh, that'll give me a little time to ponder that thought because um, I uh, have my favorites, but I need to know what her favorite kind of food is to eat so um but but it also gives me the opportunity to go back on the burger thing apparently every day is a burger day in the united states because there are several different burger days a friend texted that cheeseburger day is the 18th of september hamburger day is the 28th of may but there is a burger day and it's the 26th of August. So, um, and then there's another one that says the 12th of August. So I guess you can, I guess you can talk about Burger Day any day because uh, it's, it's a great fun thing to talk about. And I, I do love burgers as I am known for, but um, it's a little bit hard to find it's a little bit hard to find one that is memorable enough to want to go back. And that was what the Keith Young burger was for me. And it still is. Uh, although I have branched out there, 
I have branched out to going at night and having the steak instead of the burger, which is, I'm starting to think is a little bit better. So um, maybe I'm growing up or something. But I do want to go have that lot of burger patty. I absolutely want to do that. If you are a burger burger fan, are you a fan of the newfangled burger, which is the two thin patties? Kind of like the McDonald's thing, only much better. I mean, I don't want to even suggest that we're in the same realm as that. But usually when you see a burger somewhere, it is two patties. It's not with a piece of bread in between. It's two small patties, usually cheese in between, always American cheese, which is not something that I like. Although sometimes it's okay. It's okay. That bootlegger public house burger was a burger like that. It had two small pat, not small patties, but two thin patties with uh, cheese and, of course, all the dressings and pickles and everything else, which to me is an essential part of any burger. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you would like to talk about this or anything else, I would love to talk to you. We were talking about... Uh, about the hummus too. I uh, think that Zia's is my favorite because it's a mellow flavor. I find that if I go into a Middle Eastern restaurant and I am not craving it, then I'm probably not going to stay, which is too bad because I think it's delicious food. I think the uh, the salads, the uh, the grilled meats of all kinds, and the unusual condiments make it a really, really tasty thing. But I don't know. There's something about, maybe it's the turmeric or something, but it, there are spices on it that I find a little bit too much, a little bit too much. I was talking about, um, I was writing a piece actually about the Vietnamese meal that we had over the weekend. And I want to get Frank Wong on, Patty. I'm going to, I'm going to contact him myself. So we have to, we have to keep our books reconciled because I'm booking and Patty's booking and we have to always check to make sure we're not overbooking something. Well, that's because there's so many uh, people that want to be on your show. Oh, that's it. Okay. That's it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, there's so many people I want to talk to, but, um, but I wanted to talk to Frank Wong, who uh, I have his cell number. I'm just going to text him. And I decided over the weekend that I, I like Chinese food and I don't care for Vietnamese flavors. And I want to know what the difference is in those two. They're subtle differences, but they're very strong um, flavors. There's subtle differences, what makes this, this, and that, that. And you can tell immediately if you're eating Vietnamese versus Chinese. I guess the same thing can be said of Thai food, although I don't really know that much about Thai food. My daughter is really into Thai food, and Tom used to be into Thai food, but... He hasn't had it in a while because I'm the one that's driving now. But um, I think that all of these Asian flavors are very uh, distinctively different, but a good palate can pick them out right away. I don't know that that's true of different areas of 
Mexican food. Like, there's not a huge difference, I don't think, from Tex-Mex versus real Mexican. We don't get much of that. Or I call it fake American Mexican food. You do like Mexican food, right, Patty? I love Mexican food. Yeah, yes. that's my favorite. And I say Mexican and I, I chuckle because, you know, it's it's really American food with a little Mexican twist yeah. to it. <laughs> but and that's probably why I like it. But when you talk about Vietnamese food, that's a strong, distinctive flavor. It's a very strong, distinctive flavor. I think the same is true of, of Indian food. All of those Asian continent... Um, cuisines are are much, I think, stronger flavors. I, I guess the plants that grow over there are just much more assertive. Or I don't, I don't know. But anyway, it's it's different. Now, in now, Greek is from that area too. But I don't find those flavors to be as intense. Do you know what I'm saying, Patty? Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I don't particularly like. Vietnamese food and maybe it's just because I like the Greek flavors I don't know but I do like Greek seasoning yeah I love Greek seasoning and I love uh there's something I don't know um maybe it's all the olive oil but it's definitely more subtle it's it's not it, like I said it's not so pronounced like I I think there's a lot of lemon which I love and more just spices rather than really intense spices. Like I think turmeric is a really intense spice. Yeah, it is. I like to I like to eat turmeric, but I don't like to eat turmeric a lot. I was doing this tea with turmeric. It was basil, ginger, turmeric, and lemon. And it wasn't actually a tea. I was just making it with hot water as a morning breakfast flavor. And then I realized <laughs> I don't, I don't want to eat turmeric first thing in the morning. <laughs> so, so I stopped and I went back to my black tea because that's a little bit better and a little easier on my palate. But it is good for you. I mean, you know, some things are really good for you, but you make yourself eat them. And I was doing that with turmeric for a while. I do use turmeric a lot when I make sweet potatoes. I do turmeric and all of those Middle Eastern spices on sweet potatoes at Thanksgiving. And it's, it's just like curry and cumin and ginger, turmeric, and I, I put a lot of butter and those things and I bake the sweet potatoes. And it's, it's, really, it's really a good flavor. But that's probably the only time I ever delve into that particular bank of spices. And it's not, it's not something I do very often. But I would rather those flavors than Vietnamese, which I think is probably the most assertive to my palate uh, that I've experienced. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Uh, Tom was talking yesterday. Uh, well, actually, I was I was reading the um, almanac and the the word, the edible dictionary word. And then I got a call, and I got off of it, and I didn't go back to it. But it was uh, chivapchichi, which is a Croatian word, and it was. I, I started to talk about this that 
when Drago started, they had a Croatian menu was part of the dining room. I don't know if people remember the old Drago's, um, the one in Metairie, but there was a sort of a, a section where they served the Croatian menu. We're going back a long way. And uh, before, before Drago's be became the phenom that it is, but they had the Croatian menu and they had this thing called Chavapchichi, which for some reason struck Tom's fancy a lot. And he has enjoyed saying that word and I just realized what the word was when I was looking at it, trying to pronounce it. But um, it was, it's a particular kind of Croatian dish. And I am going to, I'm going to take a little break right now and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about Chavapchichi. 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, here I am. I'd love to talk to you about food. That's all we do. That's what Tom's been doing for over 30 years. We'll be back. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. Mandeville Seafood, celebrating 25 years. When you're awake, the things you think Come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Took me a long time to be able to say the word, and I don't even know that I'm saying it right now, capsicum. This is the, uh, I won't say national, I think it might be North and South American Cayenne Pepper Day. That's how we started the show, talking about peppers. And uh, I had this guy on who was... You know, people get into something and they they are passionate about it. And it's if I if I could say that that is really true of cookbooks or books having to do with food, and I'm sure this is probably true of other things too. But over the years, Tom has had a lot of books sent to him that are focused on one particular thing. You know, the macaroni and cheese book. It's all about macaroni and cheese with a lot of different recipes. The walnut book. No kidding, for real. There's a book that we were sent, uh, like an ancient biblical cookbook. But one of the books that we were sent is uh, a book about peppers. Patty, I'm going to try and draft you into this project. When we, okay. when you come over here, <laughs> I'm doing this on the air so you can't back out. Uh, so we have these books that when we, you know, when it was time to, I don't know if you had this situation when we all left the old place, um, 
we had to be escorted to clean out our desks, etc. Yeah. Because it was lockdown time. Did that happen to you too? Yes, it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we got a we got a call uh and it was like, okay, be here at such and such a time today. And that was that was it. And so we had the show to do it too. And it was a very, very constricting time period to clear out 30 years worth of stuff from various places. And so I, I went in there like supermarket sweep, you know, and I just mm-hmm. had boxes and just hurled things into it. And it was, that was a bizarre, bizarre time. So anyway, one of the many things that we had uh, that we have here still is a, a stack of books that came out of the office and I tried to give them away. I tried to lure people into <laughs> calling uh, to, by saying I would give these books away and I gave some of them away, but I'm shocked at how many are still left. And so I was thinking that uh, I would dump this on you, Patty, and give you a box of books to keep at the station. And rather than have to mail them, if somebody wanted to just go help themselves to a book, they could go and do that. Absolutely. Tom had some great books. I used to he love did. going into his studio in his office and looking up recipes and yeah. things like that. And well, if you want to awesome take them books. all, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get rid of them. We've got, I did this thing once. Um, you know, in in the in the never ending prompt of getting of trying to get callers, I said that I was going to have people guess the number of uh, cookbooks on the bookshelf here at the house, and um, we only had a couple of people that didn't even spur the callers, and uh, and so we never did finish that contest. But I have enough cookbooks for several lifetimes here, and these are books that came to the house after there was no more room for any books, but there are some, you know, there's some interesting ones in here. So um, I'm tired of looking at them. I've given up on trying to inspire people to call uh, by offering a book. So um, maybe I'll give Dee, if she calls back, I'll give her some Conrico products. There are things to be had, folks, if you call and you have not called before. I mean, we have our regulars, but uh, I would love to inspire uh, new callers. So um, I'm offering dangling carrots, but these carrots are obviously not sweet enough to get anyone to call, but I wish they would be because I'd love to give, I'd love to get rid of a lot of this stuff. And it's easy to come downtown to pick them up. I'd be happy to bring them here and give them away okay. and have people come pick them up. I think that'd be fun. Okay. I love the idea. We're going to do it. All right, let's see. On television today, the series Northern Exposure occasionally included a chef character named Adam. Like everybody in the small Alaskan town, he was eccentric, and being a chef made him more so. He would go off the deep end if he couldn't have perfection in his kitchen. In one episode, he all but lost it when he had to substitute bacon for pancetta. He was played by Adam Arkin, who was born today in 1956. Pancetta is definitely different than bacon. I much prefer bacon. 
I much prefer the American um, version of whatever it is. If I'm over in Europe and there's meat like bacon on a breakfast buffet, uh, I like it if it's come from America. <laughs> and a lot of times it does, especially if, it, if the hotel is frequented by Americans, because as I've said so many times before, uh, the food over there is just a little too real for me. It's, uh, I, I like the, the milder version of everything. Five five six nine six nine six. I am still looking for someone who would like to talk about your favorite hot sauce or your favorite Creole seasoning. Who? I don't know. Was there somebody? I don't know if you if you told me. I didn't hear that there was someone there. Charles Hires was born today in eighteen fifty one. That's Hires root beer. When he was sixteen, he created the formula for the root beer that bears his name. He also coined the expression root beer in an effort to woo working class people. He thought that they could be persuaded to drink root beer instead of real beer. A pharmacist, he created the root beer with an eye to its health benefits. <laughs> what in the world would that be? I think root beer is an extremely sweet beverage, so there must be gobs of sugar in it, even more, even more than uh, than a Coke, which has a lot, a lot of sugar in it. Sold at first as a flavoring that customers would mix themselves. In 1880, he began selling Hires root beer on tap and in bottles. It was the first nationally sold soft drink in America. You know, we should talk about root beer. I should get somebody on to talk about root beer because root beer has two distinctly different sources or origins. One is sassafras, and I forget what the other one is, but we need to run that down and talk a little bit about that. Is it sarsaparilla? Is sarsaparilla sassafras something like root beer? and sarsaparilla? That that that's that is it, I think. Sarsaparilla, sassafras, but they both start with sass, so yeah. they must have something in common. But uh, yes, that is correct. But I don't know why, and I'll have to I'll have to consult the almanac because Tom explains it somewhere in there. Today, in 1958, a song composed and sung in Italian by Domenico Maduno was the number one hit on the American pop charts. It stayed there for five weeks and became the number one hit of the whole year. The song is Nel Blu Dipinto de Blu. <laughs> <laughs> it was the ruminations. See, where else would you find this, Patty? Do you know what that is? Nowhere. Um, volare. Do you know what volare is? I have no idea. Okay. It's a song, volare, um, didn't some Dean Martin or something sing it? Well, he sang it, but he's <laughs> not the first one to sing it. Anyway, it's Nel Blu Dipinto de Blu. It was the ruminations, I'm not joking of a man <laughs> watching the smoke rise from his cigarette. <laughs> Strangely, almost nobody who heard the song in this country knew any of that. All they knew was the more common name for the song, Volare. It became one of the most familiar songs heard in Italian restaurants around the world. 
during the short life of a restaurant called Spunto. It was where Nola is now. Every half hour or so, they turn the volume up on the sound system and play this song. I loved Spunto. I miss Spunto. Did you ever go to Spunto, I call it? No, I've never there, been Patty? there. Mm-mm. Well, Spunto, Andrea, I know you've been to Andrea's. Yes. Andrea came here in, I want to say, 1983 or four. I think the restaurant dates back to 1985. And he came here with his two cousins, Roberto and Constantine. And their father was a hotelier in Capri and they had some money and they all started Andreas. And then I think, I think, um, I think either Constantine or Roberto, I think it was Roberto who was the mater D at Andreas when they first opened. And then both of the guys went off after a couple of years and opened Spunto, which is where uh, Emerald's Nola was. I don't know what's happening with that. I think it might just be closed. But anyway, that was a really unusual restaurant. Have you ever been to Nola? Oh yeah, Patty? I love Nola. Okay, so I think that's such an interesting space. You know, you walk in. It is. And you've got the elevator that right goes right middle, through the, yeah. the middle. Yeah. And uh, at the time that it was Spunto, it was really kind of glamorous and Vegasy, And it only, Spunto only lasted a couple of years. And the reason it didn't last very long was that both of the guys moved on. Roberto is now in Phoenix, I think, where he is a very high up, maybe vice president or something of uh, the P.F. Chang group. And then Constantine moved to Los Angeles where he was in the fashion industry because these were very cosmopolitan, you know, really sophisticated European Euro style kind of guys. And so Constantine, I think to this day, is in Los Angeles and I is probably still in the in the fashion industry. But Spunto was a fun, fun place. I loved it. And that was one of the most one of the defining characteristics about it. You would be there eating your pizza and then all of a sudden Volare would come up. <laughs> I do love that song. Do you like that song? I do. I do. I think it's, it's Yeah. I don't know. There's just it's, something about it. It's happy. It's very Italian. Uh, my favorite Volare memory is when my sisters and I, uh, uh, my sisters joined, I have three sisters, and they joined us on a cruise in 2014. And we went to um, Alfredo's, the original one where Fettuccine Alfredo started. And they have two dining rooms there. They have the tourist dining room and they have the real dining room. And because we didn't know any better, the first time we went to Alfredo, it was in the tourist dining room. And we were all sitting there, Tom and my three sisters and myself, and we were being serenaded by the guy that 
you know, serenades people with Volare. And we still talk about that memory to this day. It, it was a great memory. And then the next time we went was a year later and we knew to make a reservation. So we sat in the real dining room. And I kind of think I like the tourist dining room better, but it was fun to have both of those experiences. Tom has said from the beginning that, uh, that Sal Impostato at Impostato's makes a better fettuccine Alfredo than the one at Alfredo's in Rome. I don't know if I would go along with that, but they're both very good. And there's something about sitting in Rome at the original Alfredo's and having someone serenade you with volare that gives a little more oomph. I guess it's the context of it yet again, which really does play a lot into experiences. All right, we'll be back. It is three o'clock. It's time for the Louisiana Radio Network News, WGSO New Orleans. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. More than 5,200 U.S. troops are now involved in the airport evacuation efforts in Kabul, Afghanistan. As far as how many Americans are still in Afghanistan, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby says he doesn't know. I don't know. The State Department would be a better place to go for an estimate of how many Americans are Afghanistan or in and around Kabul. That is not a figure that the United States military would would know. And, um, and I think, as you also know, not every American citizen in another country, that there's no obligation that they register their presence. A Washington, D.C. bomb threat suspect who shut down a wide area around Capitol Hill has surrendered. The man was holed up for hours in a black pickup near the Library of Congress. He's said to be an anti-government extremist from North Carolina. He was live streaming on Facebook as police negotiated his surrender. This is USA Radio News. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Traders, listen up. As life in America starts to return to normal, are you looking for the best trading opportunities? With the current real estate market, the rise of crypto, and the volatility of tech stocks, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to learn how our technology analyzes over 1 million data points per day. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 so you can learn how to predict market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Whether you're trading stocks, options, Forex, futures, or crypto, Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text MONEY to 813-813 to find out how to maximize your gains. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to learn how to use the volatility to your advantage. Don't wait. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 now. By texting in, you consent to receive calls, voice, and text messages using automated technology regarding offers by or on behalf of Vantage Point. How the Taliban was able to take over Kabul is still on the minds of many. Military leaders under the Biden administration were caught off guard when the Taliban overran Afghanistan in 11 days. General Mark Miley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, on Wednesday. The time frame of a rapid collapse, that was widely estimated and ranged from weeks to months and even years following our departure. There was nothing that I or anyone else saw that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days. Miley also pledged to evacuate Afghans who have supported the U.S. military. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. The Biden administration is forgiving about $6 billion in student loans from those who are totally and permanently disabled. The decision impacts about 323,000 individuals who owe about $5.8 billion. And you're listening to USA Radio News. 
Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. A hospital in Washington state has reportedly removed several sick patients from its transplant wait list over their decision not to receive a vaccination against COVID-19. Hospital administrators reportedly referencing an unofficial policy stating transplant recipients must be vaccinated against the novel coronavirus. Derek Kovic is waiting for his third liver transplant. He explains what happened to him on Thunderstorms around for the afternoon, helping out a few spots, knocking down the heat a little bit. But the trend is going to be fewer storms tomorrow, Saturday, and mostly dry, sunny, and just plain all hot Sunday. Dangerous heat indices, too, potentially coming back. 90s in the day and rain-cooled spots tonight drops to 80. Only one or two thunderstorms about here or there across the region tomorrow. Plenty of sunshine. Middle to upper 90s for the afternoon. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Rico's Tires and Wheels offers quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Rico's Tires and Wheels, quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. the second course, as Tom likes to say, on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. Normally on Thursday, we have Nicole Dorignac, but we have Molly Kimball instead today, and she is going to be talking to us about grains. Hello, Molly. It's been a long time. Hi. Yeah, it has been. I'm excited to be joining you today. Thank you. It's like it's like another whole lifetime, it seems like, you know, it's like right, before right. and after. So right. uh, for those of us who have been eating for comfort over the last 18 months, everyone's trying to lose weight and um, in my case, unsuccessfully. But I know that that whole grains are something that are supposed to be good for you, but but also they're carbs, aren't they? Yeah. So when, you know, I, I know that um, whole grains was in the topic that you said, okay, Molly, I've, I've got so many questions about this. And whole grains are, we'll put it this way, when when we recommend that someone's eating grains, we're going to want to recommend that they're typically going to be whole grains. But in order to have a nutritious and balanced and nutrient-rich diet, we don't really have to eat a whole bunch of grains because while they do have fiber and vitamins and minerals, we can get a lot more through vegetables and fruits and stuff. And especially those vegetables, to your point, are going to be a lot lower carb. So 
Grains can be good. They can be a good source of uh, fiber and protein and, like we said, some nutrients. And they're a really good source of carbohydrate. So if someone's doing a low-carb diet and they're really restricting, it may not go hand-in-hand hand with having a high whole grain diet also. Okay, so that's that was my question because, you know, there's so much out there of how you can treat your body well nutritionally and I really am on the team of people who think that if you want to lose weight, you really got to stick to the vegetables and meats and leave the carbs out. And I, I find that it's astonishing if I am doing no carbs and I veer off one or two days, I can see it. I can see it right away. I mean, it. what is it about carbs? Is it just that it metabolizes as sugar in your body? Well, what you said is interesting point because a lot of people do experience that. And it's not to say that a low-carb diet is for everyone, you know. So I think we want to start with that, that, you know, if someone is exercising a lot, they're training for these events, they're doing these intense workouts, if they go real low-carb, they may feel really rotten. Other people, they're feeling just fine with it. So the the dilemma of to-carb or not-to-carb is a very personal decision, and it depends on, a lot of things, including and especially, I would say, your activity level and your energy levels. And do you need those carbs for fuel or for recovery? And that's a very individual assessment. Yeah. There's a couple okay. of things that happen with carbs. So, and when we talk about carbs, and you, you mentioned like, okay, when I go no carbs, I'll have zero carbs. You're not actually going no carb. Right. And yeah. a lot of people think they are, but they're getting carbs from vegetables, yes. of course, through fruits. But even things like nuts and avocados, these still have some carbs. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when we're saying I'm doing a low-carb diet, what we really mean is we're doing a low-starch diet. Okay. And I don't mind for a lot of people doing a low-starch diet because, again, like you just said a bit ago, gosh, if we go with um, a bunch of veg and our fruits and our lean proteins and healthy plant-based fats, that's incredible. Like we can have a really nutrient-rich plan that we're doing there and we don't really have to have grains whether they're whole grains or otherwise um okay. a couple of things that happen with these i would say especially starches and the carbs from these starches that we're talking about one there's there's the fact that when we eat carbohydrates carbohydrates are stored in our muscles for energy later and for every one part carb there's about three parts of water that are bound to it and that's called glycogen. The storage form of carbohydrates called glycogen. So when carbs are stored in our bodies, so if you went low carb for several days or weeks or months, and then you had a few high carb days, your body is like, ooh, it's like a little sponge <laughs> soaking up and holding all these carbohydrates really? to okay. use them for later. Yeah. Uh -huh. You think about a like, person training for a marathon, you know, they, they carb load for that reason. And then uh -huh. because they need them to have that, uh -huh. that marathon. And so um, to have that marathon, to do that marathon. And so that glycogen being the storage form of carbs, it is a lot of water bound to every, every piece of carbohydrate. And there has a lot of carbohydrates basically stuck to it. So that is why immediately after you go, oh my gosh, like yeah. one day I went off I and I had a little bit more carb than usual. And you're like five pounds. Well, that's why it's the fluid that is bound to it's... this. So for those and of us so who are not running marathons, 
marathons, we right. should definitely really, really, really limit the carbs. So I, I wanted to ask you, so d define a whole grain. What is a whole Let grain? Let me get back to, I have a few more things of why carbs oh, get the better of people sometimes. But I okay. still wouldn't say that everyone, if they're not really active, still needs low carb. There's so many variations. I do find that many people, and I might even say most people, benefit from doing a moderate carb, but we don't want people to be fearful if there's a benefit that they personally might need. So the other thing that happens with carbs and or starchy carbs, especially, and, and people's choice of carbs might be pasta, it might be potatoes, it could be rice or pizza, it could be sweets, it could be like um, cookie dough or ice cream or chocolate. Well, what's interesting about those, what we think of as carbs Almost all of those, they're not just pure carbohydrate. They're carbohydrate that also has some salt, some fat with it. And there's this really interesting phenomenon that happens when we eat carbs that also have salt and fat with it, and it actually lights up these receptors in our brains, the same type of, of receptors that are impacted by drugs like cocaine. So they are really lighting us up. They're these pleasure centers, these reward centers in our brain. So when you look at, well, what's a serving of that pasta or rice or potatoes? It's half of a cup for many of most of these. Half a cup fits into a cupcake wrapper. Well, how much are we really I was having? About to say, that's not cupcake. much. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> and when you have, so if you say, well, well, that's what's a serving. That's what's like a slice of bread. But yeah. when we have these pleasure centers that are fired up every time we're eating them, and some people are really sensitive to that, that one serving becomes two and three and four and five. So it's sometimes yeah, cause if you're going to be bad, not, just be bad. Well, and it's like they, it might be that, that, that starch isn't so much, but it's once they start, they feel that they can't stop. And that's mm -hmm. part of the reason why is they're getting this pleasure center, this reward center in their brain is just on fire. And so yeah. I think it's important to know that because the person who thinks I'm trying to go low carb and when they eat one of these things that we just talked about yeah. and they feel out of control, yeah. it's not that you just are lacking willpower or you're weak. There's real physiological reasons. So I think it's real helpful to understand that. That is important. That is important. I'm glad you said that. Now, to me, I don't, I don't equate all of those things. And maybe I'm wrong, so tell me if I'm wrong because I'm yeah. thinking, okay, I'm not going to eat pasta because pasta is a processed food. I would rather eat a potato because that's a natural thing. I'm not even going to think about eating a cookie because that's just too <laughs> bad. So are those things all equal in the body? Or am I right in thinking that I should stick with the potato because it is natural? I do like something that is more close to its natural state. So in that case, I, would, I like that better from a nu uh, nutrient profile. But when we look at how do carbs respond in the body, a carb mm. is a carb is a carb. Is that right? Really? So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank milk, you for telling me that because there are times that I yeah. say, there are times that I say, you know, I'm just not going to eat pasta because I know that's really bad, but I'm just going to go ahead and have the alio olio instead of the potato. Now that you've told me that. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's one of those that's actually, you know, if you were going to have the potato anyway, but what you were really craving was the pasta. Yeah. You know, pasta. and I think okay. that's one of the other things that I like to kind of encourage people is that kind of, okay. some may call it negotiation or just choices. <laughs> like, well, what do I really want? Yeah. Like, you know, what if you I'm really allowed, quote, I'm like air quoting, you're allowing yourself to have that potato, but you're not really wild about it at that moment. You'd really uh -huh. like the pasta. 
Okay. Well, for keeping portions to portions the same, it's, it's uh-huh. your body doesn't see it that much differently. Well, that's really interesting. I did not know that. I want to talk about whole grains, though. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with Molly Kimball. Let's go to the grains, because I, I had a barley moment for a while there, mm-hmm. and I was doing everything with barley. But I'm intrigued by all of these grains, like amaranth and all of those things, and I just would like you to speak about those if you would care to. Okay, we'll be back with Molly Kimball right after this. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot, and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls. And the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville, 985-845-2348. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? Molly, I know you like Tom, and, and he, he yes. and I don't know if you know what a singer he is, but we have him doing the bumpers for us. In a yeah, it's breaks. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a good voice, the melodious sounds of Tom yeah. Fitzmaurice. All right, so uh, ancient grains. I am intrigued by the idea of these things that have been around for millennia that we have so very far gotten away from as we've moved more and more into processed convenience foods. So they've, they've made a comeback, not really so much so. I mean, do you think, are, are people eating a lot of ancient grains now? I don't see it as much. I don't see it that we're that the average American is preparing these in the home. I do think we're seeing more in the past five, ten years of these on menus, restaurant menus. Um, a little a smattering of these can add an interesting texture to. It could be, you know, an heirloom tomato salad with other kind of little interesting add-ins, including some type of ancient grain that just gives a texture, a color, a little bit of a difference mm-hmm. there. Um, so I see them a lot of times as accents on menus. Um, sometimes we'll see it as a full dish in and of itself, but a lot of times they're kind of mixed into something as a little bit of that, um, you said the accent for texture and flavor. Do you like them yourself personally? I do like them. Um, I'm probably less of a grain person than the other things that we talked about, though. So mm-hmm. um, while I like them, there's a lot of things that I like even better and tend mm-hmm. to fill my what I'm going to choose to eat for the day. I tend to fill it more with those other foods. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I have them in a lot of dishes, I'm like, oh, wow, that really added a nice pop to that. So I do enjoy them, but it's not something that I think that I'm craving that I want to make for myself at home. Well, they're not all that easy to find, you know. I mean, I know that that uh, not Whole Foods. I guess maybe at Whole Foods. I don't shop at Whole Foods, but I know that they have a, you know, at Trader Joe's. There's an ancient mm-hmm. grains little bag of different ancient grains there. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I I would like to sort of experiment with them. Do you do the same thing with them as you would do with, say, a rice? Or do you know? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I would always typically, um, yes, like a rice, and they're absorbing the liquid, not as much like a pasta where you're pouring the liquid off. Um, And many of the stores, like Whole Foods would be one, but they're like in a bulk bin section of a store like Whole Foods or prepackaged in a natural food store like that. Um, sprouts, I know that there's a Sprouts in Baton Rouge, but stores like that would have them. But yeah, you're right, like mainstream grocery stores just don't have a lot of these. Um, well, people don't even know what they with, are, you know. Right, right. I mean, And kind of like we were talking about earlier, you know, they are, I'll, I'll, I'll point to quinoa because that's one that a lot of people are like, oh, yeah. I'm going to start using quinoa because it's so high in protein. And the reality is it's not. It's actually, it's high in protein compared to white rice, but it's mm. really not high in protein. <laughs> it's really primarily carbs. So uh-huh. say if these are things that you want to put in there because they're, you like the way they taste and you're looking to mix up your choice of starches in your diet, uh-huh. then all the ancient grains are going to be fantastic. But I wouldn't want them to take the place of something like you're doing a side of ancient grains instead of your vegetable, for example. Uh-huh. So basically the ancient grains is a cool uh, modern marketing thing. But the fact of the matter right. is the reason that they're ancient, no one's heard of them in a while is that it doesn't really matter. <laughs> to be you brutally the honest that old yeah wait what i don't you know i think that other cultures use them often mm-hmm. you know yes. it's in the u.s that they are i don't even know if we would say they're forgotten because a lot of them were never really used much right. here in our culture you <laughs> right. know but in exactly. other cultures they never were forgotten and they're often used and so i think yes it um you know, really speaking of them being ancient grains that are long forgotten is really more us here. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure that's absolutely true. So name a few of them. I mean, I know about amaranth and, um, you know, barley. Uh, I'm sure I could think of some more if I really thought really hard. But do you, can you name some for people who Yeah, know? so amaranth, barley, farro, F-A-R-R-O. I love farro. Um, mm-hmm. Frika, I think I love the word Frika. It's F-R-E-E-K-E-H. We uh-huh. actually, um, Atiki, which is a restaurant down in the French Quarter, they have, um, we have a recipe from them in our Eat Fit cookbook. It's a Frika recipe. Mm. And it's sort of like, um, we actually took a pictures at point that we're talking about. We took pictures of all the different ingredients for uh-huh. the cookbook versus the finished dish because it mm-hmm. just, wasn't I mean it's sort of like when you photograph jambalaya or just a bunch of big plate of rice it's just not right. you know right. and so um but you know using different spice blends um different herbs spices through it you would use any of these grains in a very similar way like we use rice so if you're thinking yes. about what we're using it to put things over or to serve with it you can use any of these grains in place of that and really when we compare any of them to white rice these ancient grains are going to outperform nutritionally every time. Are they going to outperform brown rice? Nearly always, yes. I'm going to look at a little chart that I have. Yes. So when you talk about like the fiber, um, they're going to have, most of them will have at least double the fiber and in some cases three times to four times the fiber of even brown rice. 
So oh, brown really? rice okay. is one of those that, yeah, brown rice is a little better than white rice, but it's not spectacular. Oh, and see, I didn't know that. Grains. I thought it was a lot better. Okay. Yeah, it's a smidge better. And like we were talking earlier, kind of your potato to pasta carb, carb swap out, white rice to brown rice, the carbs are about the same cup for cup. No kidding. Okay, so then yeah. we don't have to go out of our way to do brown rice. White rice is okay if you're looking for rice. I wouldn't say white rice is okay, no. But I would say brown rice isn't fantastic. <laughs> so white rice isn't great. Still consider white rice in the category you have. I would uh-huh. just bump brown rice down from that pedestal a bit. Really? Okay. Well, is there yeah. something in the rice world that is better than both of those? Well, that's where these grains come in. Okay. So, so these something like that okay. grain um, frica that we were talking about. Yeah. You know, it's got maybe two to three times more ser- uh, fiber per serving than that brown rice. So uh-huh. the frica, the amaranth, the barley, the buckwheat. Buckwheat, the I can't do buckwheat. Use, well, the places yeah. that you would use brown rice, thinking you're doing a better job, it's mm. better than white rice, but you would really up your game switching to those other grains. Well, farro actually has, I, I like farro. I think farro is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I can mm-hmm. definitely do farro. I haven't, what are other ones? There, There's a lot of them. What, what name is some of the other ones? Yeah, so um, there's, I don't, I've never actually heard anybody say this word out loud, but I think it's, it's, it's spelled as triticale. I don't know if it's triticale or triticale, but teff is one, spelt, sorghum, rye. Um, those are all some of the ones, plus that we right. talked about, the frica, the farro, mm-hmm. um, the barley, the amaranth, so millet. Um, millet, that's another those one. Those are mm-hmm. yeah. one that I haven't tried but have read about. It's... Um, more popular in West African countries is Fonio, F-O-N-I-O. It's a type of millet. Um, and a lot of these, there's different varieties. So you may have, um, like in the case of Fonio, there's a black Fonio, a white Fonio. Same with things like quinoa. You can get, um, you know, different varieties that might give different colors and hues that depending on what you're preparing might work better as well. Now, is quinoa considered an ancient grain? I mean, and if it is, why has quinoa made it to our consciousness and the other ones haven't? I don't know the answer as to why it has, but it it has had a surge of popularity that has sort of stuck around. And yeah, yeah. It, like, it's sort of like the, like when someone's trying to be healthy, I feel like they say, I could, I could start eating quinoa. <laughs> I feel like that sort of comes out, you know. Um, it, we refer to quinoa as a whole grain because uh-huh. its carbohydrate content really mirrors that of a whole grain. Technically, it's a seed. It isn't a whole grain. But in the practicalities of, like we were saying earlier, how does it affect our blood sugar, our insulin, how, what's the carb uh-huh. content of it? It's much more like these other starchy ancient grains than it is other types of seeds. Now, now, what of the of the ones that you mentioned? What are seeds and what are grains? Because I I didn't know that quinoa was a seed. What's this? What is it a seed of? I don't know what it's a seed of. Okay. I don't know what it's a seed of, and I would are, say that is probably which ones are seeds or which ones are grains is probably less important for just like to know if I'm going to like them or not. Um, flaxseed is often in the conversation of ancient grains, but of course flaxseed is a seed. 
I don't, I could be wrong, but I'm not sure that the, any of the others that we're talking about specifically are technically considered seeds. I believe of all the ones we just rattled off, they're all in the grain category. I believe that quinoa is the one that is technically a seed. But now, I, would think, I could be okay. mistaken on some of those, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. I would think that a seed would actually be healthier and better for you than a grain. Does the seed is most quinoa? I'm sorry, what? Well, most seeds are more like the nutritional protein, nutritional profile, similar to nuts, where they're more yeah, right. fat yeah. and fiber and lower mm-hmm. carbs. That's yeah. why I say while quinoa is technically a seed, the nutritional profile doesn't represent other seeds. It's not in line with other seeds. Okay. The nutritional profile is in line mm-hmm. with the other starches. I see. Okay. So have you so tried all of these? Have you tried all of these? A lot of them, I haven't prepared all of them, but I've only prepared, I would say, maybe like very few of these, like from scratch. Um, uh-huh. The frica that we talked about and, and some of the more obvious ones, the quinoa. Um, like I said, it's just not something that when I'm home, I'm going to mm-hmm. say like, oh, I want to make that. It's just they're not, <laughs> I love some of the other foods more. I um, Most of the times that I've had them has been when they're prepared in a dish that I'm having out. Yeah. And I'm yeah. I'm experiencing it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, I would imagine the best way to cook any of these things would be just to simmer it with chicken stock to let the mm-hmm. you know let that be the flavor ingredient, and um, mm-hmm. you know like you would with rice. I think mm-hmm. that that's you know that's probably kind of the way to do it. What is it about popcorn rice that makes it, is is popcorn rice a uh, superior uh, rice in terms of, of carbs and healthiness, because I think popcorn rice is utterly delicious all by itself. It, what makes it special? <laughs> Let me go back to what you're saying about how to prepare the grains with the chicken stock. I, I like that's a, a tip that we'll use for people who, oh, I don't really like the way this, what fill in the blank grain tastes. And if they are preparing it with just water, a lot of times they just, they don't, the, the broth or the stock really enhances the flavor. It gives it just a lot more power. Uh, yeah, yeah. If someone is looking for that dish to be vegetarian, though, a lot of times these ancient grains, the reason someone's doing it is because they want a vegetarian or vegan option, obviously just use vegetable stock. Um, uh-huh. Popcorn rice, I don't. I'm looking to see. I actually have not really ever dug into the nutrition information on it, but I did a quick Google while you and I are talking. and. Uh-huh. It's really about the same for for about a um, a quarter cup amount. It's thirty five carbs, only one fiber, four protein. It's not spectacular. Well, it is spectacularly delicious. I think if I'm gonna <laughs> if I'm gonna do rice, I'm gonna do popcorn That's rice. That's like the best yeah. thing out there in terms of rice. Yeah. All right, can you hold for about another ten minutes? We're sure. gonna. I mean, you're not gonna hold for ten minutes, but I want to keep you like ten more minutes. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. All right. Sure. We'll be back with Molly Kimball, the Eat Fit Nola lady. Right after the news. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. A $28 million line of credit for Superdome renovations was paused by the State Bond Commission in retaliation of the Saints vaccine ticket policy. The Saints backtracked on refusing refunds for people who didn't want to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to enter the Dome, but Attorney General Jeff Landry says those funds won't be released until season ticket holders are given the option to opt out this year without losing their place. Quite honestly, if they treat their fans in any other way, I don't know that I want to support the project 
or any more lines of credit to the Superdome. But Governor Edwards Executive Council Matthew Black says this move will have serious repercussions. Obviously, this is an important project as we discussed at length during the session that is on some very tight timelines. I'm Matt Doyle. For the first time in 16 days, the state health department reported a small decline in the number of COVID patients in the hospital statewide, LRN. America's infrastructure connects our communities and makes our nation work. These systems are vital to our everyday lives and Louisiana's economy. That's why Senator Bill Cassidy led the way in passing legislation that makes critical investments in Louisiana's roads, bridges, and electricity systems. Critical investments in the infrastructure that makes America and Louisiana great. Here's Senator Cassidy on C-SPAN. This bill is an example of what Congress should do. It is focused upon jobs and safety and a better quality of life. Repairing our roads and bridges, upgrading electrical systems, and increasing access to information systems is good for our families, good for America, and good for our future. Thank you, Senator Cassidy, for leading the way on a real infrastructure plan that rebuilds America and invests in Louisiana. Thank you for voting to invest in us. Learn more at letsinvestinus.com. Paid for by Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions. The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, NOLA Title Group, and ARC Insurance Consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs, and now they have come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for FunkyUncle.Live. FunkyUncle.Live is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.FunkyUncle.Live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge on August 18th, Mustache Petting Zoo, and on August 25th, Space and Harmony. For more information on how you can support live from the Funky Uncle, go to funkyuncle.live and follow us on social media. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Gershwin tune. Thank you, Tom. We are back with Molly Kimball, and I just went to go get your book off of the shelf, Molly, so that I can see Frika. And I like the picture that you have here of all the ingredients that go into the Frika, and it looks like you definitely need a lot of them to make Frika taste good. <laughs> so was was well, it good? Yeah. Well, if, um, a tiki is an incredible. Um, Mediterranean style restaurant. Um, the owner of a tiki is actually from Jordan. And I think it's not necessarily that they think this is what's needed to taste good. This is just part of this. Uh, this was this particular recipe is how her mom made it. Mm-hmm. And so that's just sort of what she, what she grew up with. But I don't think that she really would think that this was a lot. This just is, I mean, you know, when you, when you just, look at some yeah. of these recipes from other cultures, they're like a, right. a Thai green curry, the amount of ingredients. We think, oh, wow, there's yeah. so many flavors. And if we try to replicate it at home, we're like, yeah. I think I'll order it in, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. 
exactly well she says here that she that before preparing it her mom would go get it from the field so yeah it's right. a totally different totally totally different thing did right. I, I mean i think i asked you but i maybe i glossed over it and didn't didn't hear what you said the description of what is what comprises a whole grain what is the scientific explanation for the term whole grain that's a good question. It's when the bran and germ is intact. Okay. So if you think about brown rice, you've got your bran and your germ are like, it's almost like that outer covering of it. And when it's processed and it becomes white rice or when that whole grain flour becomes white flour, that bran, that germ is removed. Okay. And so it's when that entire grain is intact. Okay. Well, that clarifies it because I keep hearing the term whole grains and I, I wonder what that means and it's a very simple thing. So I guess, so when you say brown rice is only marginally better than white rice, does that mean that the whole grain thing is kind of a little bit um, inflated in terms of goodness. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this instead of a bunch of bunk. Well, what I would say is the messaging I would love for people to hear is if you're choosing to eat grains or starchy foods, starchy carbohydrates, as we talked about, we would love for those to be whole grains. Okay. However, if someone says, I eat a ton of vegetables, a ton of fruits, nuts, seeds, I'm like, I love my avocado. I'm getting all these other things. Well, we can get the fiber we need. We can yeah. get the vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. We don't need to get whole yeah. grains. Okay. So if we're going to be eating grains anyway, I really would love those to be whole grains, but we don't uh -huh. need to eat whole grains in order to also be healthy. Well, if you're, being, if, you're, if you're eating a healthy diet anyway and you don't really like brown rice, you really prefer white rice and you're getting all that you need from other places, then it's no big deal. So that you Right, you and you have it just here and there. Right. Yeah. But it also sounds like you are validating what I already thought, which I have read a bunch of nutritional books from people who recommend that you just really don't need... Uh, you do, I mean, like if you know a, a diabetic, you know that they count carbs and that there are carbs in everything. And so, you know, you're getting carbs, but when you say a low carb diet, meaning that you're eliminating these kinds of things we've been talking about today, that you don't need those things, that you can, in fact, just say, I'm walking away from this stuff and get what you need in all these other foods. And if you do have them, know that they're carbs just the same. You know, yeah. when we're talking about someone with diabetes, you do get to subtract the fiber from that total carb count. So if you've got something that's apples to apples in terms of carbohydrate count, but one has a lot more fiber, you can subtract that fiber. And then therefore it has a lower like impact carbohydrate. That's a whole separate deal of counting carbs right. for diabetes. So of course, but right. With that, with someone with diabetes or with someone even who says, I want to do, you know, a keto style diet, realizing that carbs from any of those sources are going to have a similar effect on blood sugar and insulin, regardless if it was, like we said, the potato chips or a cookie or a pasta, like, if, yeah. or, or fruit, or, you know, they're still going to, um, those carbs, those in, the impact carbs, not to account for fiber, are going to have a similar effect. So real quick before, since you mentioned keto, let me just ask you real quick if you could explain what the whole principle is behind keto because it sounds like a lot of the kinds of things that I've done in the past and 
but but why is it so popular all of a sudden? I mean, obviously it's the, the new thing, but what what makes yeah. keto special? Well, you know, years ago we had Atkins, and Atkins was kind of one iteration of a really low-carb diet, and that kind of faded, and there's just been different variations of low-carb that people do over the years, and keto is a little bit different in that technically keto, the ketogenic diet's been around for over 100 years. It was originally used for kids who had epilepsy that were not responding to medication. And the true ketogenic diet is incredibly low carbohydrate, like not even carbs from nuts or avocado typically are going to work in a true ketogenic diet therapeutically like this. Um, So that's kind of the origin of it. But it's not only low carbohydrate, it's also lower protein. So still some protein, but lower protein. So now when someone says they're, quote, doing a keto diet, a lot of times if they're having still their normal amounts of protein, they may not really be doing the keto diet, but they're just doing a low-carb diet, which still might be might work for them. But a lot mm-hmm. of people think and say they're doing the keto diet when they're really just doing a low-carb diet because that mm-hmm. protein is still high. So the idea is that by really limiting our, our carbohydrate intake, and the reason we limit protein is that protein – actually gets converted into glucose, into carbohydrate in the body. So there's a process where even proteins can yield a carbohydrate in the body. So that's why a true keto diet is limiting not just carbs we eat, but also proteins that we eat. And so by limiting these and truly limiting all sources of carbohydrate that would enter the body, um, it puts us into a state of ketosis, which allows our body to then turn to fat as that energy source more effectively. So is a keto diet necessary for people to lose fat? No, not at all. Otherwise, people wouldn't have lost weight on Weight Watchers for years or the mm-hmm. low-fat diets through the 80s or 90s, you know. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people who've lost weight, not doing keto, of course. But, you know, one of the benefits is a lot of people do find that they're not so hungry or it curbs their cravings and stuff. So there's different benefits that people find. What I tend to prefer is a modified keto. So if mm-hmm. we're going to do, if someone loves their approach to keto, well, let's go more plant-based. So instead of just cream and butter and all these things, like let's try to do plant-based where we can, coconut oil, avocado, the nuts and seeds we talked about. Like we can still do a largely keto-leaning diet that still has a whole lot of plants in it. And then maybe we don't restrict vegetables. We don't count our vegetables and we have most of our carb source might come from those vegetables. So I think doing a little bit of a modified keto and plant-forward version of keto is my preference. All right. Uh, yeah, ketosis sounds like a scary thing. And, um, <laughs> it, and, and it's like you're, you're retraining your body to go right after the fat, which is a great thing that you want to do. But it's, it's really, really restrictive. It's really... Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I do, I, I think it's kind of a scary thing. All right. On mm-hmm. that note, I'm going to leave you with a, uh, an amusing, I think, but probably a depressing thought for you, Molly. Um, when, when was that party that introduced your cookbook? It was fall of 2019. 2019. Okay. That's what I thought. So I, the one thing that I did out of the cookbook more than anything else <laughs> I mean, this is funny, but I, you might not think it is. Was your um, your peanut butter cups? I um, I, I don't made think them. that's funny. I make them by the triple batch, Marianne. <laughs> no, but I mean, I don't I don't do them the way you say. I don't use okay. I I don't use any sugar at all. I just use dark chocolate 
I melt the dark chocolate and then I use the peanuts that uh, become peanut butter, you know, that you grind yourself. And then I just, I do a little layer of the chocolate, then the peanut butter and then the dark chocolate and there's no sugar or anything involved. But, um, but you inspired me me to make, go ahead. I, that sounds like an easy way to do it. Which dark chocolate are you using? Well, I, you know, I, I'm getting darker and darker and darker. I, uh, I was really high on the Trader Joe's big pound block for five bucks. It's Belgian chocolate, mm-hmm. and I love it. It's seventy-two percent. But I'm, I'm, I'm edging up. I'm at seventy-seven now. Sometimes I do eighty-five, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's and you just, just melt the it peanut. Down. Pardon me. What? You just melt I the melt chocolate it down. down. Yeah, I melt it down. Okay. And I put it in nice little cups that are pretty. And now I just, that's when I need to yeah. put in a cup, I make them. I have two, two, two suggestions here. So on our mm-hmm. recipe, we don't use any sugar in our recipe. And we use cocoa powder versus dark chocolate. But what we sweeten it with is a plant-based sweetener called Swerve that still has zero sugar. So these that we make have zero sugar. The Trader Joe's, though, the dark chocolate, the Belgian dark chocolate, still has added sugar. Now, it's not a lot, but it Mm -hmm. still has added sugar. There's, I wonder if you would like, there's a product, it's, um, because what you are also doing is really easy. You melt this down, you add this, and it it solidifies well. There's a product called Lily's. Look at Lily's. I love Lily's. Yes, I love Lily's. Let's use that instead, because that's stevia sweetened, and then you have zero sugar. Wait, is all of is all of Lily's stevia sweetened? <gasps> They're all zero sugar, I'm pretty sure. Double check it, but yeah, okay. that would be that would be the way to do it. And I want to try your version of this recipe. Then. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I've been doing. There's a there's a chocolate or chocolate or something, uh, yeah. and it's it goes up to seventy five, seventy eight, eighty five. Um, and I, I, you know, I use a, a hundred percent, um, zero sugar, a hundred percent cocoa for hot chocolate. Have you ever had that? Mm-hmm. I think that makes yeah. a really good hot chocolate yeah. because you have the, you have the sugar in the milk, but it's just a little bit to make it palatable. I think yeah. it's really good. I do. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, uh, I love I, your I, approach. That's like, that's going to be a cheat that I want to try. And we're going to share that. And I'll credit you for that because that, <laughs> especially if you're using the lilies, then it's really just a, a, a quick, like yeah. shortcut version. It is. It is that's really, awesome. it's okay. really quick. All right. Thank you, Molly. I appreciate your coming on. You. We have to do another break. I really enjoyed it. And, and now I've, I've. I can move on. I can move on from the ancient grain <laughs> fantasy and just go get me some white rice when I need it. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> Take care. Bye bye. Right. All right. Five five six nine six nine six is the number if you want to talk to me. It's just fifteen minutes we have left. I hope that uh, Dee will call back, and if she does, and I have some suggestions. Oh, she is. Okay. So we will take a break, and we'll be back with Dee. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, 
and jalapeno cheese bites, and we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. Volare, oh, oh, cantare, oh, oh, oh. Is that Dean Martin? Let's fly. It doesn't sound like yes, it. Yes, it does. It does. I was about to say, it did sound like it, but it does. Away yeah. from the maddening crowd. I love Dean Martin. We can sing in the glow of a star too. that I know of. We're lovers Tom and didn't joy like it very much, mind. but I really did. Let us leave the confusion and all this illusion behind. I do Just like song. birds of a feather. All right, Maureen. let's go to D. Thank you, Patty. So, D, you are looking for places to eat outside. Yes, are you ma'am. looking? Are you looking for more gourmet places? Because I can, I can rattle off a whole bunch of places. I'm an al fresco um, nut. Look, yeah, we're looking for a mix. You okay. know, we're, we're looking for a mix. Depends on the mood we're in. Okay, so you're talking about the South Shore, I assume. Yes. Okay. Well, we go to the North Shore. We go to the North Shore. We're we're adventurous. <laughs> okay. Well, I will tell you my two favorite places in the whole city are actually on the North Shore, and not because I live on the North Shore. We ate a lot on the South Shore too, but I absolutely am crazy about both of these places. Uh, rest a while at the Mandeville Lakefront. It's a Pat Gallagher place. The food is delicious. And it is a really cool place. It is an old orphanage and a camp for unwed mothers from the 1800s. And they raised, uh, they, they put the original building up on stilts and then brought three buildings from, there was a, a huge property, and brought three remaining buildings that had survived hurricanes, one from 1850, 1870, and 1920, and they incorporated them into the footprint. And one is a private room, one's the restrooms, and one's an adults-only bar. You should definitely come over and see that. Okay, but that's, um, that's inside eating? I'm sorry, what? That's no, inside. it's outside. No, no, no. It is no, there's, okay. there's the, all those buildings surround an outdoor patio. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's hopping on the weekends. It's evenings only, but that's the only time you can tolerate the heat anyway. So uh, mm-hmm. I definitely mm-hmm. recommend that one. The other one is open. And so let's, uh, let's, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, but let's back up. We do need reservations for that, correct? No, they don't take them for outside. No it's first come, day. first serve for outside. And it used to be a two-hour wait, but it's been around for eight months now, so it's not quite so much. No. That is absolutely that. worth a trip. Absolutely worth a trip. Um, is the it other worth one an is, hour wait? Oh, no, it's not an hour wait anymore. It's not an hour wait it's anymore. It's not. Okay. No. no. Okay. But the answer is yes, it is. Uh, go take a walk on the lakefront, but it's but it's not an hour wait. It would be okay. wait, worth it, but it's not. Um, okay. The other is Anchor, which is in Madisonville. It's oh, right just, on the... Ch- I, we just went there, so we know oh. about that one. Okay. All right. Do you like it? We did. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, limited menu, but we did. It we is a limited menu. It's a limited menu, but it's very nice to be out there. And I, it you is. know, if it's you're nice. if you're doing it's, outside, it's, I think it's really pleasant. All right, so is. those are my two favorite outdoors. I love blue crab across the lake. That's an outdoor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for more upscale, you can eat outside at a lot of places. Clancy's has a couple of tables out front. Mm-hmm. Um, Saba on Magazine. Shia mm-hmm. has a an outdoor space. Um, there's a place in Laplace called Frenier's Landing, which is yeah, another... Yeah, we've been there. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we like that. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Court of Two Sisters has a lovely patio. Brennan's has a patio. Irene's has a patio, but I don't know if they're serving. Okay. Cafe Amelie in the quarter is renowned for its patio. Okay. Yeah, that's in the quarter. Where is that, actually? It's right, it's right by uh, St. Louis Cathedral. It's right there okay. by St. Louis Cathedral. Okay. Uh, Tableau. I don't like Tableau. I Full disclosure, I don't like Tableau, but they have a We're really in there. Cool... We're not crazy about it either. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, let's see. I'm trying to, trying to really... There's a, there's a place um, on Ferret that's Mexican. I think it's called Val's. Uh, there's Outdoor there. What do you think about Rosedale? What do I think about Rosedale? Have you been to Rosedale? Yes. I'm not, unlike Tom, I'm not a gigantic Susan Spicer fan. I find Mm -hmm. her food to be, Mm -hmm. you know, eclectic, but not necessarily to my taste. I think it's fine. You know, I've said this before. I am, um, I don't know, maybe too hard to please or something, but, um, but I think most food falls into a 90% and then there's 10% that you need to go back and eat again or that you think about after. And I think, mm-hmm. I think that's a really mm-hmm. good rule. I, I really feel like most food falls into that category. So, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's fine. I think the little courtyard is, you know, interesting. Um, I'm, I'm more of a, I don't know, if I'm going to do a courtyard, I would want to do something a little more elaborate um or i want to be really casual like rest a while and anchor so yeah rosedale mm-hmm. is kind of just a peculiar place to me you know i, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know You're if just i could... not sure where it fits <laughs> yeah it's just it's 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 odd you know it's kind of odd mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. there's uh there's an outdoor space at mofo if you are into that there's um what is mofo it's it's a it's a cool vietnamese place i always talk about how i i'm not a big fan of vietnamese except for michael galata's food i think his food is good. um they, the men won't go there so we can scratch that one okay um all right give me some other things that you're looking for and that might help me to uh you know, to, well, that's to really all we're looking for. I'm, I mean, are you and Tom eating in inside? You're going into restaurants now? Well, we live on the North Shore, so we don't have those stipulations, you see. So, um, at oh, least it's for not now. a matter. I'm talking about personally. You feel safe going inside. 
Oh, 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 oh. Um, I'm, I was talking restrictions. Uh, yes, but we've been we've been doing that for a year and a half. I mean, we're oh, okay. you know we haven't we haven't really changed much in a year and a half. So mm-hmm. um, okay, so, I was just curious yeah. more than anything. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Oh, that's right. It, Santa and- Fe. Santa Fe has a great outdoor patio. That's a good yeah, one, Yeah, we've been to Santa Fe. We do like yeah. Santa Fe. We were just looking for something different that we thought maybe you might know of. Um, that we okay, so I didn't help you, know, you with anything? I didn't, I didn't give you any new ones? I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm racking my brain here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just... Yeah, I don't... Uh, well, you know, if, if do you go to Metairie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's... There's a Tavolo has a patio outdoor. Yeah, we haven't been there. That's fairly new. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know that um, the Ruby Slipper's there, and it's okay. You yeah, know, I'm not but, a fan of Ruby Slipper. Yeah. yeah, but it's I'm thinking of Brown Renoy Road. But um, no, we haven't tried a Tavolo yet. Okay, a Tavolo. Um, there's. Uh, Mr. Ed's has outdoor. Mr. Ed's where? oyster. Where? Mr. Ed's. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Where are they outdoor? Where? Which which uh, location? The one in the one in Metairie has an outdoor space. The one. On, the old bozos. Oh, the original flagship. The old bozos oh, has an outdoor the, oh, space. Oh, they have an outside space uh-huh. now. They do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's good to know because we do go. We have been to bozos, but not yeah. out, obviously not outside. Okay. Well, that's yeah. Good he has a, an outdoor space there. Mm-hmm. Gee, let's see. Uh, Oak Oven in um, Oh, Caranan. yes. We have There's been a, uh, uh-huh. Yes, uh-huh. we've been there. That's, that's a good one. That's an outdoor space. Gee, I don't, I don't, I'm. That's... You know, Jen Deuces, I don't let you know this. They, they advertise that they have an outdoor space, but we went a couple of weeks ago and it, it, it's, it is a porch, but the porch yeah. is enclosed with this yeah. queen. We don't consider yeah. that out, outdoors. Yeah, I don't either. I'm just I wouldn't consider letting that you know that. Yeah, outside. just for your information. Yeah. Well, that's why I didn't say it because I, I I know that and I um I don't consider that outdoor. When you said Genduces, I'm not. thinking what? I don't think that's outdoor. No, um, yeah, I I think I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, you're probably right, unfortunately, but we might try. That's a lot, um, though. Yeah, we might try, well, we go, go out a lot. <laughs> Nothing yeah. much else to do. We might yeah. try, um, yeah, rest a while. That's something that we might try. That's new. And yeah, we do. We go, we go to the North Shore. We well, there's the Brennan's. They have an outdoor space, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Broussard's has a gorgeous patio. Okay, good to know. There's, um, I don't know if they serve out there. You should check, but they have a gorgeous patio. Yeah, their patio is um, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that uh, they were serving out there, but I can Well, answer. I I don't know that they are, so you should check. I mean, I'm sure if yeah. you're concerned about that, you should, you could ask them and they could, you know, right. accommodate right. that. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm saying they might. I don't know. Uh, Curio is a place in the quarter, and that uh, is one of those elevated um, second floor balconies. Mm-hmm. I think you've you've given me yeah. some names and some a few couple of new ones that we we can try. Okay. And thank you for okay. your time. I really appreciate it. And okay. you do a very good service. Thank you. All right. Take care. 
No okay. Well, he, well, he probably realized that it was uh, we're at the end of the show. I mean, we are at the end of the show, in fact. It is time for the news in about a minute and a half. But first, let me tell you that WGSO is celebrating their 75th anniversary this year. And they're celebrating with the 75 for 75 campaign, which, yeah, with, with the 75 for 75 campaign, if you go to the website and look at the pictures of the peanut butter cups that Patty's going to put up, uh, they uh, they have a button. It's a yellow button. It says donate. If you click that button, your donation will be tax deductible. WGSO is 75 years old. It is the only news talk locally owned station. It is the community voice of the Crescent City and now a 501c3 nonprofit. We'd love for you to go visit the new website and make a donation. We here at The Food Show have our own platforms. We have our Instagram page at the New Orleans Menu. We would love for you to follow us there. We also have Tom's website, his 50-year body of work on nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. If you go there, you can get whatever you missed of The Food Show on the front page. It's the podcast. There is also a place to register. You can get the newsletter that comes out twice a week. It's delivered to your inbox. There are specials around town there. On the website, there's a list of all the restaurants that are open right now, in addition to the podcast, in addition to Tom's, uh, like I said, 50-year body of work on food in general, New Orleans food in particular. There's 400 recipes there they all come out we also have tom's extinct restaurants and restaurant reviews there it's just a lot of stuff n-o-m-e-n-u.com please tell a friend about the show we would love for them to join us we just have fun it's not anything of earth-shattering importance but it's just food talk and we would love to invite you to join us check out for just two hours every day. Tomorrow we have uh, the folks from Beau Rivage on at three o'clock. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine and Spirits show. You're listening to WGSO New Orleans News Time, four o'clock.